DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and it's time to talk basketball with Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Steve, good morning. Good morning. So, jazz fans are of a couple minds, Steve. There's one that says nine in a row, 13 out of 14. Clarkson is exactly what the bench needed. These guys could do anything now. And there's another group that's like, oh, the opponents haven't been that good. They're just setting us up to break our heart in the spring. Which group's more likely right? <laughs> uh, I think you got to look at this from a very optimistic point of view. First of all, you know, your, your leading scorer steps away and uh, – I know they're not playing a great team in the Wizards, but they're on the road and uh, they're down 15 and these guys find a way to win. I, I think that's uh, an indication that this team is really together, playing with a great deal of confidence. And uh, so, I, I mean, if, if you're a Jazz fan, uh, you've you got to be feeling really good about what's happening. Hey, the reality is, yeah, there, there, there are tough days ahead and tough games ahead, but the more confidence you acquire, the more connected you are together, uh, those things lend themselves to being more prepared for those big games to, you know, to get get into the not only get into the playoffs but to to win a series or two and find yourself in uh, the Western Finals. I mean, that's what you have to be dreaming about and believing in. And uh, the more the more they win, and the more they're together, and the more they kind of overcome adversity in games like they had uh, the other night, uh, that that hoop starts looking like it's about five foot wide. See, I view, <clears throat> I view road games in the NBA exactly the way I viewed road games, in, conference road games in college basketball. They're hard to come by, and it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, who's playing, who's not, what team you're playing. You look at last week, Utah State against Air Force. Now, you've been over to Clune Arena, as have I, many, many times over. It's a funky place to play, and sure enough, uh, Air Force goes on a late run in the second, first half, and then they carried over in the second half, and the Aggies had all these expectations, and they lose that ball game. It was their third loss in a row, blah, blah, blah. So to me, NBA road games, you get them, you get as many as you possibly can, and you're grateful for each and every one of them. It's the same thing, same principle for conference road games in college basketball. They, they they are very similar and they are very difficult. People have no idea because teams, even with teams with very poor records, everybody's capable. Even even mediocre college teams on a given night can can do special things and they're playing at home with their fan base and they get the energy and all of a sudden they start making baskets. I mean, I remember some of my experiences at Air Force. I, I had some of the worst experiences of my life and I had a couple of wins there that had played a huge role in winning a couple of conference championships. So, it is a very difficult place to play. And when we were playing Air Force, they were going to the NCAA tournament. I mean, yeah. there was uh, it was just a really, really solid program, and but it was always hard to play there. And I think in the NBA, I think what people don't realize, they, they see a team, what, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's the Wizards or Oklahoma City or wh- whatever it might be, they've all got professional players on their teams. They, they all got drafted. They were great collegiate players. I think because we look at a record and see them not doing well, that they're not capable of winning at home, and it's just going to be an easy thing for us. But the fact is, every team in the NBA, even the very worst of them, on a given night can beat anybody. And we've seen that actually happen several times. 
and you, we were always scratching our heads, and how did that happen? Well, it happened, number one, because your mindset wasn't right. You didn't execute. You didn't do this or do that, and that team was fired up to play it. And you put that's the formula for disaster on the road, is that if you don't come with that mindset and that toughness and, and be connected, uh, it's hard to win. But those are the most satisfying experiences that I had as a coach in high school, junior college, and at the Division One level was winning on the road. That brings teams more together than anything else. So this whole question of how good are the Jazz going to be when they play the best teams in the postseason, I was thinking of all the encouraging things that happened in the win over the Wizards. Maybe Bogdanovich knowing Mitchell's out, I'm the guy most likely to go for 30, we need offense, I better come out really aggressive and get going and get the 30. And he did, and I'm wondering if that can play, pay off in the postseason. That no one, I have to do it right now. This is the moment. I mean, it's the Wizards on the road, so it's not the same as playing the Lakers and Clippers in the pe- in the playoffs. But do you draw any line between the two? Oh yeah, I, I absolutely do because I think the more success that you have breeds more success, and we uh, we underestimate the power of the mind. And, and the confidence factor that comes from repetition, repetition. And, you know, you can get one thing to be in a gym by yourself shooting threes. It's another thing to be doing it when it's contested and there's pressure and there's those circumstances. And once you start doing that, there, there is no doubt. You're not, there's, you're, you're, that trigger is just it's released smoothly. It's, it's the same every time. And because when guys get nervous or when anxiety sits in or – the doubt sits in, or they've had had games where they haven't made baskets. All of that plays a factor. It doesn't mean they don't have a great jump shot, but the, the mental part of this game is, is huge. And the more experiences you have with success, the more your mind expects that and realizes that, and you, you just get in a, in a different place. You're in a moment of time that you feel really comfortable. It's people talk about you know being in the moment. That that's not just a little catchy you know catchphrase that everybody likes to use on TV or radio. I mean, being in the moment means that I've done this before, not only a million times in practice, but I did this in games, and I can do this again here. And that kind of confidence, with an understanding of the system you're playing within, understanding that the guys that are connected and that is it in it is in the confines of what we're doing offensively, then that that's a formula for for success. And so you cannot underestimate winning, what it does for, for players. Now, the, the fact is it is true. They're not playing the Lakers and the Clippers right now, but they will. And they'll be more prepared to play those teams and be more confident when that day and time comes. And we, listen, we've seen really good teams go on the road and get beat by inferior teams. It happens all the time. And, you, and what does everybody say? Well, they just, we just weren't ready mentally. We weren't right where we needed to be. And nothing to away. We didn't have enough talent, or we didn't have good enough players. It, this mental preparation for the road and at home, and how you uh, keep all of the, you know, all the distractions away, and, and that's hard because they have families, they have friends, they have a lot of, you know, these are these are real people with real things going on in their lives, and there's tragedy and challenges. But when you can kind of just get there in that moment when you're playing, and put all that other stuff aside. Uh, then when you get into the big moments, you're not you're just more confident. You're not you're not afraid of those big moments. You want those. You 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 embrace those big moments, and that's how you win big time series and playoffs. And and 
Utah Jazz are on the cusp of that. They're, they're going to go through this. I mean, you start looking at their schedule and, uh, you know, they, they can go on the road and get beat by the Nets. You know, Irving's back. Uh, they could have got, they could get, you know, Dinwiddie, you never know when he's going to go off. The Pelicans are a streaky team. The Kings are capable. Now, you know, the nice thing is that they go in there. And I don't know if, I don't know what Donovan Mitchell's status is if he's not going to be playing these next couple of games on the road. That makes it certainly more difficult. But, uh, they're still in a situation when you look at it. Five games, I mean, the Nets, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Pacers, the Warriors, those are all winnable games, even if they're not at the top of their game. So uh, that puts them in a real interesting position. And we talked about this last week where, you know, they, they could have 30 wins here in, in another week or two uh, going through the schedule. So best thing they've done, they've taken care of business, which is what they were supposed to do. And then, and then certainly the – the schedule will ratchet up a little bit here as, as we move on in the coming weeks. One of the real treats for me as we watch every Jazz game and obsess over it and watch all the college games, obviously, it's part of our job. And one of the treats for me is watching guys come down the lane and looking up and seeing Rudy Gobert there and thinking, nope, I'm backing out, I'm <laughs> passing, I'm dribbling through and whatnot. I mean, really, is it's become fun and entertaining for me. And to see fools try to challenge him, you're not going to succeed. Uh, maybe once or twice, particularly if you're not his same or close to his size, you got like no chance. So I'm wondering, to, in my mind now, this is the halfway point of the season, I think... Gobert should be a legitimate MVP candidate. I just don't know that he's going to get any run for it, but I got to believe the coaches, the ones who really follow the game, understand, and media folks who really, really follow it, understand what his impact is, and he should be an MVP candidate. Well, here's the thing, and I can't speak for people who are voting and who do those things, but it seems from just watching this over the years that they're they're looking for either prolific scorers and guys that, you know, have, can do both. So, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, you take James Harden. Here's a guy that has won MVPs uh, predominantly for his ability to score and create. It, it wasn't about offense and defense. You know, Russell Westbrook, who was in the MVP category and was an MVP, you know, he was doing three things. He was scoring. He was, you know, he was assisting. He was he was dishing out all sorts of assists. He was rebounding the basketball, triple doubles. Uh, you know, you, if you look at LeBron and you look at Steph Curry, those are all pretty complete players. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, I can't speak for people I don't know, but it seems like if you're just more in, and, and Rudy for a long time has just been considered maybe kind of more of a one-dimensional guy. He's a rebounder. He, he's a rim protector. Can he score? Can he do other things? But but you're right when you look at it in the context of. What is he doing for his team? And, and it's an important thing. I mean, it, it's hard to be – I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about Dockage as, as, as an MVP candidate, you know, and, and we don't know how the, how the Dallas Mavericks are going to all play out. But, it, but at the end of the day, uh, the, what you're doing to help your team and where your team is at, and if you're there in second place and the, you finish second in, in the Western Conference and – He's going for 15 or 16 and 18 or 19 rebounds a game. Yeah, he is in the MVP. But I think where this team ends up and, and the success that this team will have, I think for voters, for guys that are looking at this game from the outside, they're going to go, what's making this team click? What's, what's so valuable about a team that's now second in second place in the West, the tough Western division? 
it's it's Rudy Gobert. Well, we can talk about Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell, but when you can protect the rim like he does, and and, and have that kind of presence without him, they they're not the same team. And no matter how many baskets they make, so uh, it's in the context that you have to look at it in terms of for Rudy to be in that conversation. This team is going to have to be really elite because they're not gonna, they're going to look at the whole pack and say, well, he's only averaging you know 14 or 15 points a game. He's not a great shooter. You know, doesn't shoot the three. Whatever their excuses would be for not voting for him. But if this team continues to do what they do and he continues to have that presence, then I, then I think he he's part of that narrative. He's part of that conversation as an MVP candidate. Obviously, he's, he's really, really valuable to the Utah Jazz and what they're doing. No Yoli Childs, and BYU loses to St. Mary's in overtime. If they have no Yoli at Gonzaga, what are you thinking about the Cougars' NCAA tournament hopes? Uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that BYU is, you know, I mean, hey, they're, they're going to believe they can go anywhere and win, and, and this team is together, and they're they're tough guys and, and they compete. Uh, I would think it would be really difficult to go to Gonzaga and win at Gonzaga without Yoli. Uh, just the sheer numbers. Uh, and, and I think Gonzaga obviously is really good. I've watched them just a little bit. So uh, at, at times, and, and, and when Tilly's scoring, they, they seem to be better. But I, I think it'll be a really t- challenging game for BYU there without Yoli because he, he's a big part of it. And Mind you, they played without him ten times and had a lot of success, but they they haven't played a they haven't played anybody like Gonzaga. And uh, but you had to you had to watch that game against St. Mary's and know that they you know that that team really stayed in that game. And it, and you know how St. Mary's is; it's just such a grind playing them. And then they you know St. Mary's never kind of overcomes uh, that loss and ends up losing to a Santa Clara team, which is a good team but not a great team. And so they're you got to be ready on the road, and uh, I, I think BYU will take care of people at home. I think they just play well, and I think teams in this league that come into BYU just don't seem to be themselves. I think the, I think the the depth perception of the arena and a lot of those kinds of things really lends itself. It was that way when I was there. People, most people don't come into that building and play well, and it's it's a tough place to win. But uh, certainly BYU's left themselves in a position. I mean, all the all the numbers point to them being in the tournament. I don't think a loss at Gonzaga is going to diminish where they are in terms of being an NC2A tournament. Uh, the, what would hurt their NC2A chances is not losing to Gonzaga. It would be going to UOP or going to Pepperdine, scary places for teams to go that have athletes and have the ability to score uh, with the ball. So that, that's what will stop BYU. That, that, that's what be, will be the roadblock for them is going places where they're expected to win and should win because – their uh, their resume right now is really really strong to be in the tournament, and uh, they they got control of that. They they win the games they're supposed to win, finishing the top two in the WCC. They're going to the NC two A tournament. Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.